Konnichiwa. How do y'all? I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom, where we talk about all things Sumo. Yeah, and this week, we're on vacation. That's right, we're coming to you straight from the beach. But that's not deterring us. We're still going to bring you some info about Meisei, who's new to the Sanyaku this tournament. And Ichi Yamamoto. That's who's right. New to the upper division. Yeah. And then a couple days of the boss show. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into it with a news flash. Takiyasu. Heard is back. He was practicing with a riso and he has lower back pain. Now, the doc gave him a 10 day notice. He was like, You've got 10 days of rest coming up. And then I don't exactly know when this back incident happened, but everyone expects him to be out of the tournament for two days. So he's supposed to be back on the third day, but we'll see. The low back he's had problems with in the past. Like, that's. That's the reason he fell down the rank from Ozeki, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what you're going to do? He's a sumo wrestler. And he's like, it's not, I'm not going to stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. So we start with Ichi Yamamoto. Yes. Which yeah. I like his name almost as much as I like Wakataka Kage. Exactly. Ichi Yamamoto just has a really nice ring to it. It rolls off the tongue. That's right. Well, I wanted to talk to you about this kid. He's not much of a kid. I'll actually explain why. But I want to talk to you about him because I think he's really interesting. Cool. Can't wait to learn. Okay. He was born Daiki Yamamoto in 1993 in Hokkaido. Now, he's tall. He's about six one and a half. Yep. But he weighs 294. And so he's tall and thin. Yeah. He kind of, correct me if I'm wrong here, he kind of is Obby-esque in, in his stature Oh, to nice. Me. At least I see that like... He has those long arms. Anyway, he... We um, have been watching enough sumo now that when we go, oh, he's he's only 300 pounds, we think, he's a little guy. <laughs> he's real skinny. Yeah. He's very svelte. Yeah. So he wrestles for the Nishonoseki stable, and he's coming into this tournament at Maegashira 17. He's in the perfect spot to take it all home. That's right. Let's hope. Maybe he could. Wouldn't that be crazy it with like awesome. a Yokozuna run and like yeah. Hakaho in the mix? That Maegashira 17 <laughs> wins it. We've seen it's, stranger things happen. Uh, yeah, it's happened before. Well, about his ranking, I'll just say this is from Nikon Sports. He said he was happy that he was able to achieve this, you know, ranking because he had set a goal for this new year that he wanted to make it up into Makauchi. He says he was blessed with the luck of ranking and he thought it was a lie at first Aww. because he just did not see it coming. He made an enormous leap from Jurio. He was Jurio, what, eight? He went up eight spots. Wow. Yeah. And there are certain reasons, though, people think why he got that big bump because Ooh. who just gets an enormous eight spot jump up into Makuchi and that's also why he was just like well wait wait what I'm in Makuchi people say people you know the internet the world the people the them. people that matter I don't know who they are but people were speculating that it was just the way he beat people in the last spa show by pancaking them well no it was like who 
and win. So he went up against Ura on day yeah. 11, yeah. right? And on day 14 with Chionoo, who were both leading at the time. Yeah. And he beat them. And so it was oh. towards the end of the tournament, he was beating the people who were on the leaderboard. Yeah. And he was giving them a really tough time. And so... He, he is a pusher and thruster, and he's very, very good at pushing up and pulling down, almost like right at the edge. And if you do watch some of those matches, it is like they're decisive wins. He looks strong. He looks confident. He has also been working on his belt sumo. So he had a rematch on day 14 with Chiono, and he won basically on the belt, even though he is primarily a pusher and thruster. So I think everyone saw that as, okay, we had a really strong match. It was a rematch again. He won with belt sumo. So they were like, what's this guy? Like, he's fearless with execution in really, really critical bouts. What's this guy all about? He's very, very excited, Ooh. especially at the end of a basho when everyone is tired. He's got full, he's got like, a full tank of gas. Oh. So that's kind of, I think, why he got the bump up and also why people are like, ooh, I've never heard of him, but uh, he's exciting to watch. Hmm. You need to go back and watch his match with uh, Chiono because after the match that he won, he was so excited. He stepped back up onto the doyo, but he missed and he just pancaked flat down it was just like the oh. most no 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 he was smiling he was like i sorry i was awkward but like you could see he was so excited to get back up there and to accept the win that yeah. he was like i gotta get up there and then he just like kind of face planted but it was such an earnest sweet moment where you get to see like his personality be like oh i'm oh, sorry but i'm excited so um but it was really kind of comical he has an interesting walk too when you look at his obby-esque physique he has an interesting walk. He has these really long arms and he's long legs, I think really thin hips. And so he's really upright, it, it appears, mm. like when he's walking. And of course, that doesn't factor in, you know, when he's wrestling because he's low and he's very, very strong. But he has just like an interesting looking body to me. It's just tall and lean. So he had a very interesting start to his career. Now, he has always been wrestling from a very, very young age, like elementary school. Okay. And he had tried other sports, but his mother basically said, you know, uh, all the other sports, you have to buy so many shoes. Just do sumo. <laughs> you don't have to buy cleats for right? sumo. She's like, we don't have to buy a whole bunch of new shoes every year. You get bigger, all these other sports. Just do sumo. It's not Which, like dance where you have to buy all the dance outfits no. and the dance shoes. No, isn't that great? That is great. His mom seems like a real pistol. Anyway, he always uh, then was sumo wrestling, but he went through school and found that he wanted to wrestle but not go pro. His trajectory okay. was not, I'm going to do this professionally. But he still went to college and he was still competing. He was on the school team, but his results, they just weren't like the results where everyone was like, you're winning everything, you need to go pro. Okay. He just knew that the results weren't there. It just wasn't enough to just justify yeah. doing that. And so he got his college degree and and he still wrestled. He like Ura. Right. Well, he decided to graduate from college and he got a job as a civil servant 
and worked in the Fukushima Town Hall in Hokkaido, and he was in the Board of Education Division. Now, yeah, and as like a regular person with a regular job, he was still coaching sumo to kids and working on getting sumo more integrated into the schools in the area. And so he was having a regular person's life, one they kind of always dreamed about because even as a small boy, he wrote down that when he grew up, he wanted to be a civil servant. And he wanted to work with kids. And so his dream came true. Hmm. But around that time, he had a visit from his university club sumo president. Uh And he encouraged him to go to a local sumo tournament. To compete or to watch? Watch. So so I want you to go watch. Come with me to a tournament. Let's just see. Yeah, let's just go see. Oh, okay. And that's when he went and then the passion for sumo really came back. <gasps> you know what he did? I bet you $10. He was in there in the audience going, I can do better than that. Yeah. I can totally take that guy on. Yes. Yes. And so he decided to go pro. Now, what's really interesting is this was not easy at this point because he was too old. He was 23 years old and two months. That's ancient. <laughs> it is for these guys. Right. And he joined like pro sumo at 23 years old without a fabulous college record. At that time, he was sent down to the very, very bottom rankings. Okay. Around this time, there had been an agreement to like raise the age limit from the JSA. And so I think it was raised to 23 at that time. He was still too old. But because he was like two months older and... The JSA is also not getting millions of <laughs> ricochet every year. They were like, okay, okay, we'll give this old kid a chance, right? You can squeeze in. Right. So they allowed him to. In 2017, uh-huh. he made his debut as Ichi Yamamoto, and he won the Jonokuchi division first time out of the gate. Great. He kept getting bumped up, and he scored six and one records and sailed through Jonidan, Sandame, Makushida. In Makushida, he kept turning in the Kachikoshis and moving his way up until he was at the top of Makushida. So his rise has been pretty quick and pretty fast for an old, old well, wrestler. Yeah, he's wrestling 15-year-olds. <laughs> right. Well, no, there's there's some I know. older guys down there, but... You know, he wasn't all that bad growing up. I mean, he obviously had some mad skills. Yeah, he was right when he saw that tournament. He could take on those kids. Yeah. Well, once he was at the top of Makushida, he suffered a little bit. I I think kind of getting your sea legs. And he bounced down and up a bit. But he came strongly back each time, inched his way forward, and worked his way through Makushida up to Makushida 3. And once he was at Makushita 3, he was having the privilege to wrestle Jurio wrestlers. And he actually beat some big Jurio wrestlers. And he got a good enough record from that to get bumped up into Jurio. Okay. At his Jurio debut, he got a 9-6 and six record. Pretty good. Yep. And after that, again, he did really well until an injury took him out. And he was demoted back down with an injury for an entire year. But he slowly but surely fought his way back up well into Jurio, and he gave two back-to-back Bashos with 10 and 5 records. And that is what got him his Makauchi debut. Some people, you know, some people. Yeah. The, the people. people of the internet. They also say that what he's doing is really important because he is proof in the pudding that this age requirement thing is bunk. And he is the very first wrestler since they raised the age limit yeah. to have made it up to Makauchi. Oh, 
So yeah. he's proving that old guys can do this. Yes. And so that is what's enormous in his story is that he is the very first guy to join at like professional sumo at 23 and he's currently 27 Okay, and he's in Makauchi. So who are we to say that like you can't join the sport when you're like oh, older and, yeah. and fight with the big dogs. So he's a pusher thruster. He usually wins by Oshidashi a lot and he has these really long arms and reach and he just proves really tough to beat. His hobbies are sleeping. <laughs> Okay, understandable. <laughs> and his blood type is B. So um, oh. I think this is a really interesting storyline and a yeah. neat young one to see. I mean, he's gotten this big bump up. It may be just like a, well, what? When, once he gets there, what's happening? Oh, my gosh. But he seems to fight back. Even if he gets bumped down, he seems to come back inching forward each bacho. So I think it'll be kind of fun to see. Yeah. And then he can go back home and take a nap. Yeah. And he can prove to everyone that, like, I may be just so old. (laughs) (laughs) But a Makauchi debut at 27 from coming in at 23 compared to some of the guys who never, ever make it up there. is amazing. That's really saying something. Yeah. And so I I think he's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. All right. Cool. Alex and the say this week. And you saw the video of him working out? I still have not seen that, no. Oh, I, I've got to find it because he's a beast. Yeah? I mean, like, it looked like strongman competition stuff. Really? Yes. I Yeah, I need to see this. Meisei was born. He has a great name. Meisei Kawabata. Yeah. Meisei's story. Okay, you know in cartoons, <laughs> like in Scooby-Doo, the kids are being, I don't know, hunted by an evil ghost. And like there's smoke that comes into the room and the smoke is right around their ankles and it just slowly rises from their ankles to overtake them. I feel like I've seen this. Maybe it's in a white coyote. If, if this is like at old man Peterson's house, like yes. in Scooby-Doo. Yes. <laughs> they get locked in That's, somewhere. Yes. Things are looking a little kind dicey for them. Mm-hmm. and okay. weird, and the smoke slowly rises and overtakes them. That is the story of Maysay. Maysay is the creeping, slow creeping rise. So Maysay's a creeper is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like water filling a barrel. That is Maysay. He's, he's had some waves receding back a little bit, but his is a story of a slow rise, definitely. He started sumo at age five, like many of these guys, really young. In sixth grade, he won the All Japan Primary School Sumo Tournament. I love the fact that someone has written that down for all of us to see, that in sixth grade, he was the best he was sumo wrestler He's a badass around. sumo wrestler. That's right. Sixth grade. Yep. And because he was so good, he kept working on his sumo through junior high. In high school, he really wanted to study judo, but... His father is a huge sumo fan, kind of like Takakesho, I'm imagining. And his father said, you know what? School is great, but there's sumo. You could enter (laughs) professional sumo at age 15. And you're 15 now, kid. Why not? So he said, great, great idea, dad. I'm going to enter professional sumo at age 15. So on his dad's advice, 2011... He started professional sumo, and he slowly began his rise. He would, you know, rise one or two levels and then go back down a level and then rise a little bit more very slowly and go yeah. back down. And he's been creeping up 
ever since then. 2012, 2013, somewhere around that time, he got a lower back hernia in sumo. A back hernia. Yeah, a back hernia, which does not sound like fun. Yes, spinal injury. Oh, okay. I was like, front hernias I can envision, but like I can't envision a back hernia. Part of the padding between the bones in your spine herniates out, herniated disc. Oh, do I have that? Because my neck has been hurting. I don't know. Maybe I have a back hernia. Maybe you do, but you're not doing sumo. Thank goodness. That you know of. That that is true. (laughs) So he got a lower back hernia, and uh, he thought about quitting sumo in about 2012 or 2013. But remember, he's got a father who is a huge sumo fan. And his dad basically said, if you're thinking about quitting, son, don't come home. (gasps) No. No. If you are weak. If you are weak enough to quit sumo, you will not be staying at my house. Oh, no. So may say. I want to adopt him. I know. I know. I would let you quit if you wanted to quit, may say. You've given it your all. I know. But he stayed. He learned to eat more protein and train harder, which is the answer to any problem in sumo sumo. world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More protein and train harder. In 2016, this was even before he was getting paid in sumo, right? In 2016, he made it to Jurio for the first time, and then he went back to Makushta, and then back to Jurio, and he just kept on rising. 2018, he made it to Makauchi, and then went back to Jurio, (laughs) kind of popping back and forth between the two until November 2019. But he reached Maigashira 2 in November of 2019. Yeah, I feel like I've been along for the whole ride of of, of his, his jur- journey. Yeah, because or you mean Jurio? Jurio no, well, I mean at least I've seen kind of like I've seen him struggle at you know at the Makauchi level, mm-hmm. but he does get better. But yeah, it is slow. It's also yeah. like, oh, how do you get there? But he just turns it in each time and it may not be showy but it seems as of late he's gotten more showy and more attention in my mind yeah and part of it is he's been getting called out to practice with the yokozuna Mm -hmm. in these last couple of years yeah so they're recognizing something there yeah he won his first special prize in 2021 so he's still on his slow trajectory, that slow rise. This Basho is his career high ranking at Komosubi. He's never been in Sanyaku before. Mm. So this is a really big deal for him. And who knows if he'll stay here for a long time or if he'll go back down. I mean, I just hope at this point he can just make his dad proud. Right? Yeah. I think he's earned the right to quit now from any <laughs> point forward. He is... Done a great job. Yeah. Meisei is five foot eleven, about three hundred and thirty-three pounds. He's twenty-five, so he's still pretty young. He's very young. He has not passed the age threshold of about twenty-seven, which is when you become ancient. Twenty-eight, so twenty-nine. Old. Yeah. <laughs> um What's really great about him is he has not maintained any major injuries thus far. He did have the lower back hernia, and he has torn his bicep in his left arm. So he has dealt with some 
I would call them minor setbacks because just because it's not a major joint right. that he's having trouble with and he seems to be able to train around them and keep rising. I think he definitely has that going for him. He's known for making really big driving hits at the Tachiai. He loves an explosive Tachiai. They say they internet the they, people of the internet yep, they say he's a yotsu guy a belt guy which i find kind of interesting because really? he does a lot of pushing as well he does like the hidari yotsu the left hand inside grip if you look him up online many sites will say oh his favorite move is a yorikiri which suggests that he's a belt guy but if you go to the stats website as of late his biggest kimarite is not the Yorikiri, it's the Oshidashi. So maybe he's a belt guy that's starting to push more, or maybe he's just able to move back and forth between styles as needed. As he improves, as his yeah. technique improves, he could probably utilize a lot more different styles. Well, he's evolving. Yeah. And you have to. If you expect to stay at that level up there, I mean, if you ever want to be a Yokozuna, like we've talked about it before, to just be a Yokozuna, like an only push thrust, it's going to be really hard for yeah. someone like Takakesho. So yeah. you have to be well-rounded. So maybe he is just that guy who's methodical about expanding his tool belt. Yep. And he just gets better and better and better. I will say, when I was looking at Meisei, there's not an awful lot out there about him in English yet, but there's so much really great and interesting stuff in Japanese. Mm -hmm. I suspect that will change in the future, especially if he stays at Sanyaku for a while. But all of these random things that I'm about to tell you come from the Japanese sites, okay? <laughs> First of all, I just want to say when I looked him up, it's, I happened upon the Meisei Tokyo Supporters website, which is the first time I have ever found a sumo fan club supporter website for any, any wrestler that I've ever been looking up. And it's a very professional looking, beautiful website that gives you info about him and says it's a group that raises money for his progress and further promotion in the sport. You can join by fax. Uh, if you, give, I have to fax. fax. Yes, you have to fax. <laughs> but there's an admission fee. Oh, okay. You of, have to just fill out some forms and well, then fax them. Yes, right? <laughs> and then you have to pay an admission fee and an annual group fee, and you also have to promise that you are not a gangster in order to be oh. a part of his supporter <laughs> fan group, which well, I think is really awesome. Well, that's true. No one needs a gangster in there. <laughs> But I love their group, the idea their that someone entourage. would be like, someone would be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you money. Oh, I can't do it because I'm, I'm a gangster. I can't. So he has a strong no Yakuza policy. Yes, he does. Well, there's reasons for that. Yes. Obviously, match fixing and the like. But I it would think... be funny for someone to actually admit, like, I am in the Yakuza. I'm going to so check off that box like, that says oh, I am a gangster. I really wish I could, but I'm a gangster. <laughs> right? But what if you're like an American gangster? <laughs> well, then, no. If you're like, a gangster, you're out. But if you're like Crips or Bloods. Then that's or, fine. You can be a gang member, but a not, gang a not a gangster. Not a gangster. 
This is what I love about looking up Japanese sites and translating them because there are always things on these Japanese sites that you would never read about in American media. And that was just one of them. In American media, no one cares if you're a gangster as long as you're going to send in the $50 to be. Well, they want honorable sponsors. They do. And I get that. I think we would be very good. Do you know what the uh, the cost was? I yes. imagine it's not cheap. It, it's n- it's not very expensive. If oh, okay. I would think it admission would be. Do you have, fee, there's different levels? Well, admission fee you have to pay this upon first joining the club, five thousand yen, which oh. is fifty bucks, right? Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then annual membership fee of ten thousand yen, so a hundred dollars a year. Or if you're an organization or corporation. It start the levels start at a hundred dollars a year, so that's not as expensive as I thought it would be. We could be a part of the Meisei Tokyo supporters group, and would they send out the bonzuke to us and all that? Oh, good question. I don't know. I don't know either. But it got me thinking. Oh my god, are these websites out there for every every wrestler? Can I, I find the Kiseyama yeah. supporters Tokyo group and join it? Yes, because I would send some. Right, I'd send some money over. Oh, so thank you, Mason. I don't know for what he would spend it. Are this. there like stipulations where like you can only spend this on like the ladies or dining out or this no, could be frivolous or is like no, this there's is for gym memberships and there's a very long list of paperwork that says this is what happens to the money. It goes to the stable. It is used you know directly for him or food for food and... or yeah things okay. like that okay yeah so it's it looks very above boards and very well done okay because there are no gangsters involved well right <laughs> you run a tight ship and That's it's right. an honest one Macy's favorite food is chicken rice i love it too and anything that uses fresh ingredients in the cooking Oh, well, totally for sure. Agree. agree. Yeah. I mean, who would be the person who's like, I only want canned things? Uh, you know, there's probably <laughs> someone out there. Probably Ura. <laughs> that is true. He is the opposite of yes. Ura. Yes. Like them sitting at a table next to each other and be like, dude, what are you eating? Like another hamburger? What are you eating? Fresh, fresh vegetables? Yes. <laughs> Macy seems to be very into living right and living healthy. Okay. Which is great. He does hate tomatoes and fruit though oh well tomato is a fruit and he keeps them separate so maybe there's an acid reflux problem i don't know, I don't know. how do you that's, hate fruit? that's a guess right how do you hate fruit he's not so big on the sweets oh well that's good because yeah. that's just a slippery slope to diabetes speaking of other things he hates traffic agreed agreed long commutes agreed, agreed. however side note Okay, so he used to have to commute two hours to his stable to train at one point in his life. So he would be on the train, and he would meet lots and lots of people on the train. Maybe this is why he does not like train commutes, because he would have to meet so many people. Yes, he does not have to do that anymore. But there are many, many websites out there that say... They met him on the train, for example, and that he has such a childlike face and sweet smile that it, quote, increases maternal feelings for women. Oh. And that his... <laughs> he <laughs> raises that the fertility rate? His, his childlike expression is very healing. So there are many websites of people who say they have been healed by no. his... 
Is he like the Buddha of the train? The Shinkansen Buddha? His cute smile. They talk a lot about his cute smile. Poor guy. And uh, I'm just trying to get someplace. People are like, can I touch you? I have very low vision. Can you help me improve my vision? Oh, I just imagine all these women just hugging on him and saying, oh, you make me... You feel so maternal. I don't know. Maybe we would do the same. Love me and smile at me. and Oh. No wonder. Uh, That's such an awkward commute. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love the guy for his unusually, surprisingly deep voice. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. Oh, he could do like sexy. He could do like jewelry voiceovers. He's got that kind of super deep voice. Unexpected, I think. Like the Barry White of Sumo? Kind of, yes. <laughs> so combine that with that cute smile. Now we're starting to talk money there. Okay. Yeah, right. right? That's a winning combo. He uh, likes, here's another one you would never read in an American newspaper. He likes to relax by chewing gum. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like he's just vegging out with something in his Isn't mouth. Isn't that great? Yeah, I, I mean, yes. It. But it's so gum. specific. I know. That someone was like, you know what he does a lot? He just sits in the corner and chews <laughs> gum. gum. I must like that. <laughs> he also loves listening to music. Okay. He loves basketball. Okay. And he loves reading, especially detective novels, which he used to read a lot of on that long commute. Okay. He also loves cheap hot springs. Yeah. And cheap karaoke. Yeah. Uh, I need to hang out with him. <laughs> right? He does sound like he might be really fun to hang out with. Yes. <laughs> Plus, I could, I'm could. i a soprano, and I always can find a duet with a bass. Yeah. I could do that. Things he likes to brag about himself. He, he does say that he has a cooking license, so he must be a very good cook, which is probably why he prefers food made with fresh ingredients, because if he can cook, he knows... The difference. Yes. Yeah. He's so that's mul- say He's multifaceted. Yeah. You can join his fan club. I'll put the link up to that website. Uh, he's got a lot of particularly ladies that are following him because of that cute smile, but a lot of gentlemen, too. He's got a lot of support, this guy. So my hope would be, like, I would want to join, like, Tamawashi so that, like, once a year you get, like, cookies, like, made from Tamawashi. Oh, wouldn't that be the best? You know, like, extra perks for being, like, a big sponsor. Speaking of sponsors, yes. we have to thank our sponsors. Oh! Oh, I want to thank Snake Pliskin for buying us a coffee. Wait, who? Snake Pliskin. Great name. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Snake, for buying us a coffee. It is so appreciated. If anybody else wants to buy us a coffee to keep us going, keep our interviews going, you can uh, find that link on our website. Yeah, it's spelled K-O-F-I. It's a little misleading. Yeah. We say coffee. It's not like somebody went out and got us a Starbucks card. That's very kind. But the coffee, K-O-F-I, you can donate. It's like $3 or whatever you want to donate. And it just helps go towards our cost. It's so so helpful, you guys. Thank you. It's so appreciated. Same thing. Whenever anybody buys a t-shirt or socks or something, I do another happy dance. Because all that stuff adds up, y'all. It's such a huge support. We could not do what we do without you. Exactly. Let's get to the Basho. Now, we don't have tons of this because we're just going to do the first couple of days and then the rest of the time we're going to be on the beach. So uh, here are the highlights for day one and day two. 
My favorite fight of the day from day one was Wakatakakage versus Hulk Tofuji because, oh my goodness, Wakatakakage got Hulk Tofuji turned backwards, off balance, was doing sumo from behind. He had Hulk Tofuji leaning totally backwards, hand on his throat, Notawa attack, and he still did not manage to get Hulk Tofuji out of the ring because Hulk Tofuji. I don't know that he did an offensive move anywhere in that match as he sidestepped along the ring, but then finally managed to thrust down Wakataka Kage at the end. I thought it was super fun to watch because both these guys are great. And Wakataka Kage in Sanyaku for the first time, this is a great person for him to go up against on day one. Hmm. You know who would do better in, a, in the midst of an earthquake? It's Hokuto Fuji. Yeah. Because I felt like he was on very shaky ground and he kept recovering. And I couldn't believe it, knowing like how fast Wakatakakage was coming at him. It was just all over him. And he really did have Hokuto Fuji turned around yeah. a bunch of times. But every single time, Hokuto Fuji got his bearings and then he managed to make some magic happen at the edge. But he was, he was almost off of his feet three separate times, yeah. it seemed. It was amazing. Yeah. So if it were me, I would go right to Hakaho right now, but I know you want to talk about Terano Fuji first. Not really much I want to say other than just Indo gave it his all. I mean, Indo looked tight, and even on day two, Indo looked tight too. He did, but uh, Terano Fuji, he held on. He held on strong, and I... F- think that the audience definitely gasped a couple of moments in there because they were like, oh my goodness, this is day one. Is Endo going to beat him? Because Endo spoils it for everyone. Yeah. Um, and he didn't. Endo lost. Ted and Fuji won. And you could see in his eyes, Ted and Fuji was like, he's ready. I feel like mentally he held on. He's strong. He has the mindset that just doesn't get rattled a little bit like Hakaho, which yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing. When you say he's ready, are you meaning he's ready to be Yokozuna? Yes. Okay. I second that. Okay. Can I talk about Hakaho now? Because, okay. <laughs> Not only was it just a pure delight to see his doyo iri, I loved, even though this was not my fight of the day, I loved the Hakaho Meisei fight on day one because it's my favorite guy. It's my favorite guy. And yeah, my voice goes up a little bit when I talk about Hakaho. But two, he did that heavy body, heavy low body staple thing that I absolutely love. That like low body staple down move that nobody else seems to do like Hakaho does. Like, oh, I'm not going to go anywhere. And three, he did my favorite Kimorite of all time, the Kakanage. And he did it against Meisei. And then four, he did not blow his knees out. So it was all the best things for me about Hakaho all into one. I have to agree, but he does dig in and it is kind of amazing when he digs in and he's like, nope, you can push me to the edge, but this is where I don't budge. And I think everybody got really nervous when he got down low on those knees. I know that Meisei though, it's interesting that they matched him with Meisei, which says a lot about how they feel about Meisei, because Meisei came out of the gate just 
charging. Maysay has been, I think, putting in a lot of overtime. He had him backed up straight after that Tachiai. I'm glad Hakaha won, and I you could see in his face, either at the end he was in extreme pain or extreme, like, I did it. <laughs> and everyone was worried about my knee. I'm worried about my knee, but he made it through, and he executed beautifully, as he always does. Yeah, the way I read that was, okay, I still got it a little bit, and the knee held on. So day one done, and I won on day one, so it's the perfect way to start this. Absolutely. What was your favorite fight of day two? Well, I want to talk, well, mainly about some things I've noticed. Uh, Shodai, the godfather, is back. It's interesting. It seems that he heard all of the critique, which was like, look, after this Tachiai, stop absorbing it and moving backwards. You have to attack. And on day one and day two, Shodai gets wins on both days, especially on day two, he's up against Daesho. And he disposes of Daesho pretty quickly when he does this uh, shoulder thrust down pretty much right after the Tachiai. He moves forward and then slaps down, pushes on the on the left shoulder, I believe, of, of Daesho thrusts him down to the ground, and he looks confident. At least in the first two days, he seems to be attacking more. And you'll notice his face at the end, the godfather face he does. like, hmm. And it's very different than the ho-hum, I just barely won that, or oh, I lost. It's a very different vibe from Shodai. You could almost see it in the Tachiai. You know how they had trouble getting started? He didn't get his hands down on the starting line twice in a row. Right. They got kept getting called back. So you could see Shodai going, I am going to beat you on this touchy eye. I'm going to get the grip I want to get. So a little bit more aggression from him. Yeah. Yeah. The tone of day two was injury <laughs> because I'm talking about Enho first. Enho down in Jurio. Oh, I missed this fight. Oh, well, this is a big day. Day two was all about uh, scary, scary injuries. So Inho was going up against Tak Genji, and he gets like three or four uppercuts to the, I mean, just like brutal face laps from under his chin up. And then, you know, Inho is dug down into basically Takagenji's belly and Takagenji then, you know, he has his arms like almost over his neck and is like lifting up on the neck. Like it happens to so many of the small guys, like they could literally lift up their body by their neck and he does push him out of the ring, but they kind of fall to the side at the same time. But when they're going out, it looked like to me, they bonked heads like from the side of their head. Whatever the case is, they both fall to the ground. Inho gets up and he's, you can tell he's out of it. And he has a bloody nose, but you can just tell like, something's off. And he's talking to, there's like some attendants down there. And he says something in the way of like, I'm feeling dizzy or something. He struggles kind of to get back up on the doyo. And at this time, they've decided that it was a close call that they're going to rematch. And then the new protocols take over. So this is what was really interesting about day two is that they have new protocols. The protocol is if a, a wrestler is concussed or something's off, the sideline judge um, who was closest to this interaction with Inho either overheard or the attendants told him. And then he raised his hand at the rematch and said that this wrestler is not able to fight. Oh, 
wow. I didn't see this at all because I haven't watched Jurio yet. That's cool. Yeah. And what was crazy, though, is that the audience didn't like it and Inho didn't like it. He was kind of mad because he felt like the attendance did not relay the message properly. But as he got back up on the doyo to accept the loss, he stumbled again. So it was clearly like one of the instances where it's like, no, this guy should not be going again. And whether he hates it or the audience hates it, there's protocols that are trying to protect them. And he was wobbly. He would not have won a second match. So that was really, really interesting to see if you haven't watched Jurio. You need to watch Jurio on day two. I have not seen those protocols put to use, so I'm really interested to watch that. I think it was good <laughs> because I don't want to see somebody concussed do a rematch and just maybe hurt themselves even worse. So I was glad to see that happen. Before we talk about the big injury in Makauchi, let's talk about Wakataka Kage versus Teranofuji because that was my fight of day two. Wakataka Kage showed up to win it and moved fast. He got Teranofuji's belt and pulled Teranofuji kind of in a circle. Wakataka Kage got both hands in on the belt and a double inside, but Terunofuji was so patient in this match. He waited and waited, and Wakataka Kage just could not move Terunofuji back. Terunofuji's a big man. He outweighs Wakataka Kage. Though Wakataka Kage tried his hardest, couldn't move him back, Terunofuji waited and then made his move and eventually walked Wakataka Kage backwards, and though Wakataka Kage put up one hell of a fight on the ropes, Terunofuji pulled him up high so that he couldn't really dig in to stay inside the ring. I don't know if I explained that well, but it was a really good fight that I thoroughly enjoyed because there was a moment in there where I thought, oh, Waka could take Terunofuji under the right circumstances, but Terunofuji just locked in. There's something I really marvel about that ability to stay on your feet and stay low when you're a big guy and bend your knees low enough so that these smaller wrestlers cannot move you backwards and just wait for your moment. Just wait it out and then move the other guy back. And I feel like Taron Fuji just did that beautifully and I love his little angry eyebrows. I could just like take that home and munch on that for dinner. I love it. Yeah, Wakataka Kage was very pouty. He does not like to lose. He really doesn't. And you could see it after day two, right? Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, he still is amazing. I think he's got an incredible future because he he put Ted and Fuji to task. I feel like everyone he goes up against, he's got something inside him that's like really destined for the top level. I mean, he's fighting the best of the best. And look at him. He's holding his own. It's not going to be long until he takes those wins. Exactly. And I think that's what's so exciting about watching him right now. Injury time. Yeah, let's talk about it. There's not really much of a fight to talk about. Taka Keisho got injured. It really happened at the Tachiai. And he said it. He said that oh, he when, did. yeah, when he... Went up against Ichinojo, he felt an electric shock. And you can tell when you watch the match, he just kind of gave in and moved backwards. There was really not much he could do after that. And Ichinojo just 
moved him back over. He, he knew there was something wrong because he helped lay him down on the ground, like softly. So he knew he was not getting any resistance from him. When you watch it, it's like these two big bodies collide. And then it's like a balloon deflating. Takakesha just bent one knee down to the ground and deflated. And you could see that something was horribly wrong, but I couldn't tell initially if it was knee or shoulder or what. So that's interesting that he felt an electric shock, which means nerve and neck and shoulder, which is disturbing. Yeah, what it said in in Nikon Sports is... He said, when I took the plunge, like he had electricity run through his body. And his coach also said, and he also said, he's not one that's likely to get hurt. And so he was worried and they iced it. And then they took him to the hospital. And currently he is, it is said that he can walk on his own, but regarding whether or not he's going to be in on the third day, he said, I'll decide that by looking at the situation, but Lordy, I do not want him back in there. You know, when it happened, it was so scary and so immediate. And it really happened right when he was just headbutting Ichinojo's shoulder. It seems to be in a dangerous part of the body. And I hope he takes care and we don't see him. <laughs> Although I know that that's not his nature. Being that we've had some really scary stuff happen this last year, I hope, I hope, I hope and pray that he heeds doctor's advice because that type of injury is nothing you want to mess around with. And you could tell he knew it was serious because he did not move after that injury. He was getting his bearings. He was holding that right arm, but not even standing up. So he was taking great stock of what was happening inside and accepted the wheelchair. Immediately, someone was there to check on him and they got the wheelchair and he used the wheelchair. I mean, that part of the protocol, I'm really liking. Yeah, I wanted it to happen even faster, but I was thinking about if this had happened, you know, two or three boshes ago, he probably would have just walked off or they would have let him suffer there for a while. So yeah, I'm glad it could have happened. Medical personnel immediately come over and go, what's wrong? But um, yeah, at least they got him moved in out of there. Did Inho go out in the wheelchair as well? Yes, he could sort he could walk, you know, but not well. But uh he could make it through, but... Okay, I'm going to go watch that Inho fight. Like, right now, after we're done. Basically, the sumo is great, you guys. We're two days in. The sumo is amazing. We're loving watching Hakaho. Loving Wakataka Kage. We're just loving those sumo all the way around. There's great stuff happening at every level. Also, it should be noted, Chiyomaru is looking good. And Tokushoryu on day two looked really good, too. So... And how about... Chiyoshoma. Yes, although he's just not my favorite wrestler. But, but he's a Chiyo, so all the Chiyos seem to be doing great. Yeah, there's a lot of fun matches to watch the first two days. I think it has a lot to do with the energy of being in a new town and a new crowd. They seem to be kind of jazzed, except for the injuries on day two. <laughs> I'm liking what I'm seeing. So I guess that is our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom! <laughs> That's right. Tune in next week. We'll be back from the beach. We'll be up on all of our sumo news, but well rested. Absolutely. Till then. Sayonara. See you later. Bye. I had this quote. I didn't share it with the Ura stuff, but uh, I found this quote where Ura was talking about Enho. Mm -hmm. You know that fight?
where they the last one where they fought each other. They were both really nervous to fight each other. And Ura said of Inho, he rushed toward me with such a small body, and I was scared of him in a different sense from other big wrestlers. Enho had a kind of scary aura. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that scary great? Scary aura. 